Welcome to Go Closer, the podcast that explores spiritual transformation and what it takes to go closer to God each day. Hi, I'm Kara Whitney. I'm a wife, a mom, and an evangelist author. And I'm Arnie Cole, a behaviorist, research scientist, and CEO of Back to the Bible. And I love to study life transformation. And you know, every person has a story. And today, we have a story that will inspire you to go closer. So if you uh, tuned in yesterday, today we're going to continue our conversation with Reno Collier. Today he's going to talk about these people who literally live under a bridge. He met them and he saw that they were in desperate need for these essentials of life. Reno relates to that. He's a recovering alcoholic. He talks about that and also um, grew closer to Christ. So now he's a born-again Christian. Yeah, this was the first time I had heard the saying, the people that live under the bridge. And it's it's pretty humbling to hear Reno's story and the calling for people that don't have such pretty lives and lives that work. And it's just fascinating to me. Well, and just how much we each, each one of us has in common with these people under the bridge. Uh, Reno um, makes us question ourselves. Are your priorities centered on the true essentials of life? So when I quit, well, I detoxed at home and I went insane. I almost died. So I start going to meetings and I start, and I learned more about God from people who literally live under a bridge than I did in church. And I didn't want to take the way out of let's go and, you know, there's some meetings and things that have lawyers and they come in there because they got a DUI leaving the country club playing golf. And I'm like, this isn't me. I I am those guys who found God and who are still struggling to find something to eat and are still coming in here praying and trying and fighting like crazy. And through that, I realized like, success and money and my job and all that stuff that I've been chasing after, I was happier sitting in those rooms with those people because they felt like me. They understood me. I had support and, and a lot of people don't. And I think that you find God. Like uh, my friend Leanne always says, she says, you get on your knees or God will put you on your knees. I had the chance to get on my knees. God told me, man, you got to quit drinking. I didn't listen. So I suffered for it. Hey, man, he stands at the door and knocks, and he did it in my life several times. Arnie's parents led uh, cannibals to the Lord uh, on a mission trip. So, and Arnie took the same path as you, but you always knew God was there, Reno, or you didn't think about him? I knew he was there. I blew him off, unless I needed something. So, Kara, why did you and Dan not dump Reno when he was a mess. Because we loved him. Really? Love conquers all? It does. I mean, I, I I love him. I still love him. I loved him then. I loved him enough at one point in my life to distance myself from him because I thought he was going to die. Uh, and it would have broke my heart. And so you sort of push really them away a little bit. And also part of that is just the tough love piece. That if I 
leave him here or I don't bail him out here that maybe he'll come around. There's There were so many good things about him and you don't want to give up on somebody. And I think as Christians, that's how we should approach evangel evangelism. I don't want to give up on anybody and it's all relational and you have blows and hits, uh, but you just can't quit because someone's soul is on the line. And with Reno, I don't know what the state of his soul was, but uh, I just, I just didn't want to give up on him completely. I loved him, you know. Wow. And Reno, I, I'll tell you this: that people can people can say I love you. You know, it's, it's something that people say. Guys say, "Yeah, I love you, man. I love you. I love you." But when she says that, Kara would sit on the back porch with me and drink coffee because I tried to quit a few times and she'd make me cheesy eggs that were delicious. And we'd sit out on the back porch and talk. And Kara is not, um, I'm, I'm just, Kara doesn't say things unless she means them, right? So when people are like that and they say something to you, it sticks in your heart. I didn't apologize until I'd been sober for a little while because I'd said I was going to quit drinking so many times and I'd walked around and apologized. But when Kara talked to me, it was from a place of deep care. It's, um, it's to the point and it's here's what's wrong and you don't like hearing it because it goes against what you've talked yourself into that you are. And when somebody who doesn't say a lot, little things mean a lot. The whole time when I was getting sober, I was like, I've got to show her that I don't want to be that guy. I want to be someone that people go, man, I can go to that guy. He'll tell me the truth. He'll be honest with me about things and, and guide them that way. I've done enough harm. Mm. I've done enough harm. I own that. So it's, uh, it's nice to have a second half after the intermission to kind of try to make the movie wrap up. You know what I mean? To kind of have another chance where that whole first part may have been really funny, but it got sad. I always like how Arnie describes himself as a spiritual loser. Uh, because I think <laughs> when you realize the magnitude of sin and what Jesus did on the cross and how filthy we are. I mean, I'm looking at us. We're, we're a mess. We look like a filthy, messy Brady Bunch right now with all the squares and we're all just sitting here looking filthy like pig pen from peanuts. <laughs> but Jesus cleans it up. Jesus puts on our white garments for us. And I think we miss the boat sometimes as Christians because we feel like we're earning points with God when we war with others to try to look the part. But all we're called to do is to love people despite ourselves. And I think you do a good job of that, Reno. And I think you do a great job of that, Arnie. I'm still working on it. It's hard not to be cynical. And I think that's just such a great thing that yeah. you're hanging out with the people or you feel connected to the people under the bridge because that's how we are. We're just beggars asking another beggar where to find food. And that's what the Christian life is. When I, when I get in the places where people who live under a bridge is a cliche, but you know what I'm saying? Like they're really, really struggling. Right. They seem wiser to me. They're, they've broken everything down. Social media is not important to them. Television is not important to them. The, the bare minimums are important to them. I have to stay off of 
booze or drugs and I have to have God walk with me because there's nobody else. Uh, I've never heard people say just hanging out with the people under the bridge. That's hugely powerful. They still have enough to get up in the snow and get in there and try to better themselves and to pray and to know that God's in control and their life is unmanageable. You know, there, there's an awful lot to that. And I also, my wife's mom, unfortunately passed away and we were there, we were in there and this veered me into a new world of trying to discover God. But I had seen people die before, but in accidents and things, I'd never seen this. So she was 93 years old. And as she was going, we knew it was kind of coming. And she started to talk to her sister and was talking about something in the room and this. Then, then she started saying the Lord's prayer over and over again. And then she started, I'm going to start crying. Then she started saying like, let's go, let's go. Mm. And she continued to pray and she faded off. But it's like her soul left. She stopped yeah. talking and everything before her body. But it was like a movie. It was, but she had a very strong faith right up to the very end facing it all. And she was talking about lights and she was talking about Jesus. And it was something that if you see that, and turn your back on that. I just, I don't know, man. And everybody won't have that experience. Everybody's experiences are different, but that really gave me a sense of peace and a sense of calm and a sense of how real it is. When, when you watch that, I, I just, I don't know how you couldn't put any sentences together that made any sense except for the Lord's prayer and everything else was garbled and, you know, the Lord's Prayer, let's go. You know, in comedy, that would be hard to follow, Reno. <laughs> you cannot follow that. <laughs> and I tried. I was like, hey, give it up for her. All right, next up. <laughs> she was so funny. She told her, Sandy told her I was, a, I was a comedian and my name was Reno. And she told everybody I was a clown and my name was Bingo. <laughs> she was awesome. <laughs> well, Reno, you've been awesome. Yeah. Just to to wrap this up, what could you say to encourage those people under the bridge or the spiritual losers? Do you have anything that would encourage them to just continue to keep doing it? You don't have to be at rock bottom for Jesus to make your life better. You don't right now, I'm not at rock bottom anymore. Now God got me here, but God's going to take me further. So there there's all I don't care what anybody says. There's always something to pray about. There's always something to work on. And if you think you're perfect, you're part of the problem. I am extremely flawed. I like I said, this is not me trying to put myself on a pedestal. This is I'm just telling you what worked for me. So if I could give anybody advice, man, and, and it's not, it's not a corny thing, like beyond all that, you can say church is corny. You can say, I don't like this Sunday school, or I don't like this. I don't like that. Whatever. You can still love who made you. What's the harm in that? What did Jesus ever say? Whether you believe in Jesus or not, what did he ever say that was bad? 
What did he ever do that was bad? What did he do that makes you so mad? Oh, my gosh, he healed people. What? You can't heal people. Yes, he did. And he did it on the Sabbath. Ah! So what? (laughs) Everything he did was right. That's why he's the son of God. That's why he came here. He came here for you. So take advantage of it. It's free. It's free. Close your eyes. Talk to him. Or don't. And then you can end up where I did, and it's very expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Physically painful. (laughs) Physically painful, financially destructive, I assure you. (laughs) Well, that was my thing, too. I had a huge hole in my heart, and I had money in the bank. I had kids. Marriage was great. Is still great, by the way. And I just had that longing, that longing that there was more more relationship so if you're not there and there is right there yeah recommit your life today let's start this podcast off by doing what reno did and just start over there's you can do it reclaim your love for christ and go out into the world and, and do what we were created to do live and know god and make him known right on I love the Reno's interview, and I I loved how God has uh, made him this new creation that He's completely transformed Reno's life and continues to do so. Um, and he can he continues that transformation in all of us. Oh, that's so true. Because you know when you say a transformed life, it's it's really a transforming life. It's a process that you know in our pursuit of Jesus, we want to move closer to Him every day. But that transformation process is ongoing. It's never finished. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. That's Philippians 1.6. And I think it really sums up everything we heard Reno talk about. So, Arnie, we're going to be back again next Monday. Uh, Please join us because we'll continue to go closer. Fields of Grace. The latest book by Kara Whitney shares down-to-earth stories about how ordinary people can share their faith in extraordinary ways. Find the link for Fields of Grace in today's description. 